Good morning, and uh, welcome uh, to this as we start a new series, really, of what we were just singing about, that, that what God has started, God will continue. We are in a continued journey of transformation, continued journey of transformation, not only um, individually, but also together as a church. And so we start a new series, just a two-week series um, today and, and next Sunday um, uh, in honor of the transformation and preparation of the transformation consultation that is next week. Um, if you haven't uh, heard about that, more is in Bell Tower News article. Um, if you want to... Uh, um, look at that, but uh, or you can uh, listen to a uh, sermon um, two weeks ago, or uh, Bev Graves will share with us a little more at the conclusion of the service. But he is a uh, um, uh, uh, part of uh, um, uh, our denomination, um, and and that he comes in and as an outside voice connects with a, a church, um, uh, talks with a number of folks, listens, studies the the history, and then shares. These are the good things that are going on, and and these are the things that need changing for the church to grow in whatever way God may be leading the church to grow. And this kind of consultation is similar to what. Paul did with the churches in uh, the first century, or Peter did, um, when they would write letters back to churches, say, this is what I saw, here's great stuff, and here's some stuff that you need to to work on. Uh, Similar to what John recorded in the beginning of Revelation, when he brought the the word to the seven churches um, in Asia, uh, that he was saying, hey, here's the good stuff that's going on, here's the stuff that needs to be changed. In a way, all of these are like consultations of transformation. Visits from those from the, the outside who, who come through and give a word of encouragement and challenge. So for us, that will be good preparation um, for next week that we look at the beginning of one of these letters of consultation between the, the Apostle Paul and the church in Philippi. And what we'll see as we look at this is that, um, uh, that, that Paul communicates to the church at Philippi that God wants the church to continually be transformed. God wants the church to continually be changing, to grow and, and to keep growing, to grow in all kinds of ways. I mean, to, to grow is to change. You can't grow without changing by definition. And God wants the church to grow and change until its very end. So, we'll look at that in Philippians uh, chapter 1. It's uh, found on page 980 in your, your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Uh, gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. Thank you for your word, and we pray that you will continue to um, work in us to, to transform us individually and as a community so that we might grow for your glory. Now, help us hear from your word um, and apply it for us as a church and even in our own lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, um, Philippians chapter 1, starting with verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. 
grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alright, well the first item that we see, this, this consultation, this, this transformation and change that God's continually bringing among His church is exciting. I mean, it's encouraging. Do you hear Paul's words as he speaks to the church at the Philippians? Man, I am filled with joy. I'm filled with thanksgiving because of our partnership. Our partnership in the gospel. I mean, in, in verse 5, uh, he, uh, he he says just that, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. God bless you. He's, he's looking back at how God has changed them. At how God has, has transformed them together. And in and, and their partnership in the gospel, he looks back from the first day until now and he rejoices. And he goes on in verse 7 to say, For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are, we are partakers of this gift of God, the, of the, the gospel, the, the good news. And, and, and partners with Paul, partakers with Paul, being imprisoned by this good news and defending and confirming this good news. I mean, he's, he's celebrating this growth and change, not only in his life, but also in their life from beginning until now. And this gospel, just to be clear, is that God has sent Jesus Christ to secure our forgiveness... To secure the forgiveness, to show his love to the whole world. And has sent his Holy Spirit to transform us into being his kind of people forever. That's, that's the good news. We are forgiven in Christ and transformed in the Spirit. And this good news we share in word and in deed, inviting others to share in this joy. Just like Paul did to the Philippians and how he charges them to do the same. He, I mean, he's, he's excited at this time, filled with joy because he gets to grow in Jesus and he sees the Philippians growing in Jesus and how God has caused them to grow. I mean, it is a liberating good news. So much so that Paul's filled with joy and thanksgiving, but did you catch where he is? He's in prison. He's in fetters and chains. He is limited by what he can go and do. But that liberating gospel, it destroys the power of the chains on Paul. So that's why he is celebrating 
that this good news. And he sees that in the Philippians, that they're continuing, even though they're under the same fear. They're under the, the same possibility for themselves, just like what happened to Paul could happen to them. And yet, joy and gratitude characterize their time as they look back on what God has been doing, that they get to stand and confirm this gospel. Not just with words, but with action. Now he's, he's there in prison, Paul is, and every, you know, as the guard changes, he is speaking with words, explaining and proclaiming the good news to any guard that comes through him. They're the ones that are chained. Because he's free. And then he's confirming that good news by his very presence, by his very action, by his very joy and satisfaction, knowing, hey, these chains, they do not chain me. Because I am freed. By this good news of Jesus and the power of His Holy Spirit. And, and so we share this joy with Paul. That we too, just like the church at Philippi, we get to, to share in his imprisonment. We get to share in, in defending and confirming this good news. Not only with words, but with actions. And that we get to grow stronger in the gospel. And get to be changed by that gospel. It is joy, unspeakable joy, Paul says in another place. So uh, as we enter into this transformation consultation, this is with excitement and thanksgiving. That For me personally, as I look back at how God has continued to change and transform us. You know, I, I, I see folks that, that are a part of this community as they grow up in the faith and then they're sent off. To, to, to school and to work and to other places. And, and some even come back. I mean, even our own Mike Jorgensen is, is an example of one. Right? Who's now the assistant pastor here. But he was baptized here. Some of y'all changed his diapers. Right? Well, and, and some of you more than others. Uh, but... And But we were raised and nurtured and supported and now is leading us in defending and confirming this good news. I mean, God is at work. I, I think back as well, you know, 15 years ago, before I came here, there was a similar consultation called the Missional Action Teams. Some of you may remember that. A lot of you have no clue because you weren't here. Don't worry. But it was sort of like this consultation kind of thing. Um, and from that, there was the, what came out of that. One of the things that came was what we called the Jubilee Vision. That Jubilee vision changed into the church without walls vision. That then it gave, gave more specificity to say we're connected in Jesus no matter our differences. And what, what the church realized through, through that consultation was that we, in, in, 15 years ago, were living in a community, in a city, that was 50% white and 50% people of color. And at that time... The church attendance was 97% white. And said, you know, that's wrong. That, in that way, we are not confirming and defending the gospel. Because we know that the gospel is powerful and it destroys all walls between us and God and us and one another. And this is what our city looks like. This is what our community looks like. And we don't look anything like either one. We, we, God, we need you to transform us. 
We need you to help us reach out to the community that is around us, to the people that are here, so that we will look more and more like heaven. And that Jubilee vision, that church without walls, that being connected in Jesus, no matter our differences, we cried out to God. We prayed that regularly. And we asked God to make those changes. We, we, we wanted to, to, to follow God's lead. We wanted to live out the gospel in its power and its joy. And we sought to be open to God's power. And we made intentional changes best that we could in discerning God's leading. And you know, today, we as a church, in our Sunday morning attendance, you, in both services, are 75% white and 25% people of color. In, in our country, only one out of every, uh, only 14 out of every 100 churches in America have broken through what sociologists call the 80-20 barrier. Where the, the majority group in a church is less than 80%. Only 14 out of every 100 churches, that's the case. And somewhere in the last three or four years, we broke through that barrier. That is a sign of confirming and defending the gospel. Not because of our ingenuity, not because of our wisdom, but because of God's power. Because that kind of thing doesn't happen unless God's power is at work overcoming the evil of this world and the divisive plans of the devil himself. It doesn't come by human wisdom or ability. It is the power of the gospel, God's transforming power, God's work to bring change so that we might grow. We can look back and rejoice in what God has done. And we can look forward then to what he still has to do. And, and we can affirm then what we sang um, and what Paul, uh, the words of Paul that we sang, where he said in verse 6, I'm sure this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. So he has caused us to grow and change in the past. We can see it. So we look back, it's clear, it's obvious. We, and, and we know today that he is going to be changing us for the future. If he stops changing us, then we're really in trouble. Because, it, well, either that, that means we've arrived and we are exactly as Jesus wants us to be. Or it means he's just moved on to the next place. And no longer changing us. And I can see... In the last 15 years, how he's changed us. And I look forward to how he'll change us. And for what he has started, he will bring to completion. Now, often we make this change about individuals. You know, we think about, we say that individual and we think of the you as a singular you. But you'll notice in here a couple times, the, the translators almost got it. They, they got to say you all. That's a, but it's a couple times in there trying to capture that, you know, and it may even be sort of weird. You're looking at it, but that, you know, come on, ne- next translation, it'll be y'all. Next translation, we'll, we'll get there. But he's talking, that's Paul talking to the, the gathered community of Jesus followers in Philippi. Now, you know, the church in that day, it wasn't a, they didn't have buildings. There was, he's talking about small groups of 15 to 20 people meeting in a couple homes. 
But obviously they're organized. They got deacons and elders. You catch that at the very beginning. They got deacons and overseers. So they're a gathering. They're a community of people. And he's saying what God has done in y'all, he will bring to completion. What God has started in y'all, he will bring to completion. So that's why we pursue transformation because we know God ain't finished with us yet. And he's telling that to the people who are sold out for Jesus, who are partners in the gospel with him, who are ready to be imprisoned with him and partners in defending the gospel with him and confirming the gospel with him. And now we, you know, we're probably not going to be imprisoned for defending, confirming the gospel. Maybe, maybe some of you will be, but that's just not as common in those days as as it was in those days to to face that kind of resistance. It will still face resistance. All, All change does. All growing will face resistance. And, and we're still called to defend the gospel, uh, to use words to defend the gospel, to proclaim and speak of the, the beauty and the care and the, the truth and the wonder and the liberating power of Jesus. And, and we're called to confirm that gospel, to show that it's real in, in how we love one another, in how we love our neighbor, in, in how we seek to follow God, even when it looks wor- weird in the world. Now, God wants us to grow. And I think, I shared this a couple weeks ago, one way he's calling us to grow, and one of the main reasons that the session asked, you know, voted to say, yeah, let's have this um, transformation consultation, is because we need to grow in the ministry of evangelism so that we might grow numerically. That we, we know there are those around us who do not know Jesus. Lots of people who are unchurched. Lots of people who don't know this good news. That maybe they, they've, they've uh, uh, never tried uh, getting to know Jesus and being a part of his community. Or maybe they tried it and it didn't, didn't uh, fit for them in that place. Or maybe they've had a bad experience in some way and they're turned off. by the, But they're all around us. And, and we need to recognize, just as we look back and we say, man, look at what God has done. We need to look back, and as I shared two weeks ago, uh, if you look at our numbers as well, in the last 25 years, there's only been one year that we've, from January to December, have increased in attendance, or membership for that matter. Only one time in 25 years. And we ought to weep for that. We, 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 we want to seek God to make that change. We want to seek God so that, all right, Lord, how, how do we change? How do you help us grow so that we reach out to folks of all ages, of all races, of all ethnicities, of all types and sizes, people we like and people we don't like, but that you love? How do we reach out to them? What, what, what do, how can you transform us and change us? So that we can, can, we can confirm this wondrous good news with others. God, you know, we're willing to grow in order to grow. We're willing to change as you lead us so that we can change. Because we want these trends to change. Now, I think the resistance, the imprisonment in this 
transformation and these these kinds of journeys for a church, you know, the, where the resistance comes, where the imprisonment comes, it's usually internal. We, we like to say we don't like to change, that we don't like change. I, I think that's false. I bet there's nobody in this room that would love for their bank account to change positively. I bet nobody here would resist that change. You would celebrate that change. I would. And so there is change is not the problem. Growth is not the problem. It's just that growth brings change and change brings transition. And transition often means loss. Yeah, that, that what we were doing, I mean, change means what we were doing, we're no longer doing, and there's something new that we are doing. Yeah, or it may mean, no, we're going to do the same thing. What really needs to change is my heart. <laughs> Let, let's change what we're doing <laughs> instead of changing my heart. Yeah. That, that's even uh, more difficult. As a matter of fact, why don't you, Lord, why don't you change their heart first? And, and then we'll get to my heart. Yeah, let, let's, but the change can bring transition, which brings law. I mean, an example is like, uh, you know, I, so I can tell a story on Hannah, my oldest daughter. She's married and moved on. She's in Chicago, you know, so, you know, um, uh, I don't, she'll never, uh, hear this and won't mind if she does. <laughs> or she'll get over it eventually. But when we, uh, we, you know, part of change for her was then moving and going to college. You know, she went to college and stayed eight, nine hours away. And, you know, and, but that change is good, right? I mean, isn't that what, what you want for those children that that's, that's their gifting and where they need to go? And it's time for them to go and do that. That is a great thing. And we change and you celebrate it, right? But then you take her and you put her in the room and you get her there. And then what happens? Everybody has a pit in their stomach. And tears start to flow. And you know, we love you, pray for you. Okay, bye. We gotta go, you know, get in the car. And, you know, and there's tears because of that loss, because of that transition. But it's good. It's right. It's growth that needs to happen. You know, that, that's the, the, the internal resistance and imprisonment that we might face. But we have to change so that we can grow in defending and confirming the gospel, particularly to those that don't know Christ, to those that are outside of the church. And ultimately, you know, this change, there's no magic pill. <laughs> there's no magic program. There's no secret technique. There's no sociological, theological mystery to be revealed. There are changes that, that are a part of this that need to be made and taken by, in real life, in real time. But ultimately, what God wants us to grow in, the ultimate purpose of growth in transformation, and Paul points it out, particularly in verses 8 through 11, at the end of the passage, he wants us to grow in love. Because that's the heart of the good news. The, the, the very heart of the good news is love. It is the love of God in Jesus Christ and the power of His Holy Spirit made real in His people. It is God's overwhelming, scandalous affection for the world. For all kinds of people. That Paul is filled with. I mean, you catch that? that how he is filled with them for the, with the affection of Christ. And that's the ultimate transformation that needs to happen. All right, let me read um, 
verse eight, or start with verse nine. And this is Paul's, this is closing words of this introduction. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now that sentence there is chock full of all kinds of big words that that love brings. But that's what he wants us to grow in this infectious, compelling, inviting, challenging love of God. That is that, is that as we abound in that, then we get knowledge, we get discernment, we get the capacity to, to know what God is leading us to do because we know what God will lead us to what is, what is loving and what is excellent and what is right, what is righteous. And this is our prayer for this transformation consultation that ultimately it will be used by God to help us be motivated, energized, and transformed by love and for love. I have to share with you, though, our greatest fear here is that we'll simply do what we need to do to keep the church going. Sort of meet our needs. You know, well, yeah, you're right. We need more members to pay the bills and keep the building operable because some of us aren't going to be around forever. Well, none of us are. Some of us are going sooner than others. (laughs) But we want to keep the institution running. And that, that's, well, I think that would be sad. That's not the power of the gospel. That's, that's being self-focused, you know, just sort of leaving a legacy or maintaining an institution. It's nothing to do with the overwhelming, infectious, compelling, transforming, challenging, sacrificial love of Jesus. I mean, if I could pull from Paul a little bit in 1 Corinthians 13 where he talks about love. Man, we could be transformed and change all kinds of things and be filled with innovation to the extreme. Move the worship service to the roof. And people come from all over. And hundreds and hundreds come. Well, we got to have it in the roof. Then we got to have it in the basement. And it, all kinds of things at crazy times and places happen. But if that happens and we don't grow in love, then we've done nothing. If we we reach out and connect with people of all types and sizes and colors and backgrounds and economics and political stripes and all that, and we bring them all together, but we haven't grown in love, then we've done nothing. So our greatest hope here, uh, what, what, what charges us as we look at this is that we get to grow in our experience of God's glorious love for the world to all people, not just our friends, not just to one another, not just to people we like, but to all kinds. And we would be excited because we know that is what is good and right and true. And we would be growing and partnering with Paul in the church in Philippi and the church around the world in confirming God's love and his good news with a sincere joy and a gratitude that flows from God's love for us. That we would grow so that we glorify God and magnify the sacrificial grace and mercy of Jesus And demonstrate the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. We would become and continue to be a growing church in 
every way until the day that Jesus returns. Amen.